So here we have the Sutra on Spirit, which is a good test, we have those. Um, it's so exciting to say, I really enjoy preparing it because it's really interesting. So, to eat all of it. It's that I mean, you're both, it's not only true, so it's very important to be spoken about in this time that there are leaders of Israel that are connected to the church. Aleph, Moshe Rabbeinu, are you going to have Torah with the church? First one is Moshe Rabbeinu. With him, you're given Torah and Bet, David and Noah. So David met that church. The second is David and Noah. And it says David has the hand of Torah, which is a reference for the holiday. Himmel, and both times are the dance is fulfilled by the church. And the third one is the both times are they also have so, with three students as well, Moshe, David, and Balkan have been all connected. Tipper, Tipper, yes. I can't hear you. I can't hear you very, very clearly. It's it's quiet. Me either. It's very low. Um, okay. uh, let me just make sure my microphone is pushed out properly. Does this help at all? Uh, I don't think so. No. Um, I can hear you, but it's just very low. No, I understand. Uh, I'm going to switch the microphone. I'm just going to have a phone. You know, my phone is not going to do it after. Okay, I just switched the microphones. Does that change? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. much. That's perfect. Okay, sorry. Okay, uh, you know, I'll just start from the beginning because we're only like one minute in. Okay. So, Aleph, the first paragraph. Nispar kvar pamim rabot asher lekama misnei Yisrael shaychos lezman chag hashvuos. So it's spoken about numerous times that there are numerous leaders of Israel that are connected to Shavuos. Aleph, Moshe Rabbeinu shal yado nikna hatorah b'Shavuos. The first one is Moshe. Through him, the Torah was given on Shavuos. Bet David HaMelech, he David met Batseris. The second is David HaMelech, who passed away on Atzeris, Atzeris being an allusion to Shavuos. And Gimel HaBalshento, Shagam Histalkuso Hayta B'Shavuos. And the third one is the Balshemto, who also passed away on Shavuos. Bekevan Shakol Inyan Hu Behashkacha Pratis, Ube Prat Kishahamadibar Hu Odos Me Oros Binogay Laam Yisrael Bechlal, Belegdule Nisye Yisrael Prat, Muvan Asher. So as we know that everything is hashgacha practice, everything is personal divine providence. And specifically, if we're talking about something which is connected to the entire Jewish people, and even more so to the leaders of the Jewish people specifically, then obviously there must be a common theme between them, between these three people, Moshe, Rabbeinu, David HaMelech, and the Baal Shem Tov. And Beis, Lenakuda, Meshutefet, Zo, Yesh Kesher, Letchuno HaIkari, Shal Yom, so in addition to the fact that there must be a common thread between David, Moshe Rabbeinu, David, and the Baal Shem Tov, also it specifically must be connected to what we're speaking about, which in our case is the holiday of Shavuos. 
On the other hand, in addition to the fact that there has to be a connection between them, there also has to be something novel, a chiddush, for each one, something that each one of these leaders brings unique to the holiday of Shavuosh, because each one is needed, as it says in the language of Shasricha, meaning needed. So they're not being, they're not connected to Shavuos for any repetitive reasons. Each one has a unique angle, yet they're also obviously interconnected as well. So one of the things that is um, that is unique between Moshe and David and the Baal Shem Tov is that each one was not just a king and a nasi, a leader of Israel. However, each one was each one had a unique first, so to speak, in a specific category. Each one had a unique uh, new approach or new capacity that they that uh, characterized their leadership. So just start. Moshe Rabbeinu Nasi Harishon. Moshe was the first Nasi, the first leader. of the entire Jewish people. As the Rambam writes, that there was a king. Moshe Rabbeinu was the first king of all of Israel. David haya rosh v'rishon l'malchus base David. So David was the first one in the house of David. The kevan shenimshach David zachav v'keter malchus lo levanim hazacharim adolam. As it says that the crown was passed down in David's family through the males for eternity. And it will not be cut off from the, the line of David forever. So Moshe is the first general king, but David is the first of the house of, of David. And thirdly, and the Baal Shem Tov was the first in the way of Hasidus. So through this, we're going to understand the unique and specific connection that each one of these leaders has to the giving of the Torah. So one unique thing that happened at Matan Torah was that each and every single individual, every single community member, every single regular person, they were made into royalty. As it says, they were mamleches hakohanim. They they had each person got a piece of the 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 royalty of the kohanim of the priests. And this was the, the power, the strength to bring this concept through generation to generation would come through the leader that each and every individual has this concept of royalty, that each and every individual is a part of Mamlachas Kohanim, the royalty of the, of the Kohanim, the royalties of the priests. 
Gimel. Hashaycha shebein inyan mamlachas kohanim lamatan Torah, tuban damas biur tochen inyan hamalucha. So to understand the connection of what does it mean, mamlachas kohanim, the royalty that we were each afforded, to matan Torah, first we need to just back up and understand exactly what royalty is in order to understand how this is connected to the giving of the Torah, that we're each, each one of us, each individual is brought up to the level of royalty. So what's the, the, the main thrust, the main concept of royalty is? Distinction or elevation. The king is, is higher and he's distinct and he is elevated from the entire nation. As there are many details that, that show this, that um, express this concept. The first one, it's forbidden for him to humiliate himself or to do mundane work. We as a nation are obligated to provide for the king everything he needs in abundance. It says a, a king with his um, you should with his beauty and his glory, you should lift your eyes. Shum Adam or Davar Bemedina Ain Bekohola Akev as Hamelach Nemilo Ritona Kamaima Razal. Hamelach Koretz Geder Bahulo Ain Mahlim Biado, Amar Mahuta Hulo Ikar Ture Bod. Um, no person or thing in the nation is allowed to prevent the king from fulfilling his will, from fulfilling what he desires to do. As the rabbis say, uh, a king can break boundaries, etc. So this is something that was actually accomplished for each and every single Jewish person at the giving of the Torah. Through the giving of the Torah, the Jewish people were elevated. And they were elevated above every other nation and other, every language. And actually, it says, they were actually elevated above the world in general that they were not subject to the rules of nature. As we're gonna explore that a little bit deeper, but that is one concept of royalty, not subject to the regular rules that everybody else is. Bisagno nacher, in another way of understanding, bisha'ash Yisrael osin ritzono shal makom v'nohagim al pi Torah v'mitzvos b'shlemos. When a Jewish person keeps the Torah, they do the will of Hashem, and they act in the way of, of fulfilling Torah and mitzvahs in the fullest capacity. So not only will, you, will their needs be filled in abundance, but even more. They won't even need to plow and to plant, etc. This work will be done by others. The Mashmut Hadavar, Hadavar, the Avodas Kol Echad Nisal Defrat, 
So what's the implication of this? How does this concept impact us? When a person is, um, it, it, the, the individual service of a, of a specific Jew, when he's approaching or when he's thinking about or when he's acting on concepts of Torah and mitzvahs, he should act like a king. You should, you should see yourself as a king to sanctify yourself this to this matter, whatever the specific mitzvah is that you're dealing with, as if you had no other worries at all. As, as a person who has all their needs being met in abundance. Like a person who has all their needs being met. There are no worries. There's no complications. There's no setbacks. There's no hesitations. Like a king going forth. And don't think about the nature and don't think about the world holding you back from doing the mitzvah, but rather in in matters of Torah and mitzvahs, a Jew is like, it's like he lives in the world to come already. It's like he's king over the nature. And this ability, this concept of being- um, it's not the Olam Oh, okay. Thank you. He's in charge of the house. He's as oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, the king over the nature. So when we approach Torah and mitzvahs in this way, like a balhabais, like a in charge of the home, in charge of nature, like royalty. You will be successful in an easy way, not in the way of milchama, in the way of war. It's not like you're going to be fighting against the Yetzirah and the things that are um, confusing or the, or the distractions that come in our way. It'll be in a way of peace. And you will rise above and go beyond um, all of the different worldly matters, worldly issues that we deal with. As you know that you're the that you are royalty, you're the son of the kings. So even more so, you won't even have these issues in the first place when you're truly um, focused on your status as royalty. You're not going to even have these, these distractions and these difficulties. It's not just that you'll rise above them. It's that they don't even exist. A person could ask, the goof move on chain because shum davar magash mesa olam levelo tobi his kashir's el hakadosh bechol. So if we're going to talk about souls, and if we're going to talk in in the world of total spirituality, and we're going to talk about the kinimiut, the inner aspects, okay, I understand that my soul is not going to be held back by any distractions or any difficulties in connecting to Hashem. My soul always wants to connect to Hashem. Ayudeya Sios Rusono, Vikyu Mitzvos, Mitzvos Melachoshal Olam. 
um, through doing, through doing, and what does it mean to connect to Hashem? Through doing the will of Hashem and doing the mitzvahs. But unfortunately, fortunately, however you want to phrase it, not really, that's my own word put in there. Our soul was invested in a body. And it has to deal with the worldly matters. The things that make boundaries for us, the things that make difficulties, the challenges, the confusion, the distractions. How can you claim that a person can just be like royalty and they can just rise above all of these different matters and all these different issues that we have? Um, how can you truthfully say that through Torah and Mitzvahs we can just control everything? So the answer to this is that in every single generation, there is a leader that has these traits of kingship and, and elevation and royalty. And they give that strength to the individual, to bring this strength out, to arouse within the person in a revealed and obvious way, this royalty. So if we can look to our nasi, we can rise to that ability. So we know that um, each one of the Nesim that was mentioned in the first paragraph, Moshe, David, and the Baal Shem Tov, they were a Nasi and a Melech. They were a ruler and they were royalty. They were elevated and distinct. And because of this, we find with them um, there was great wealth and abundance in physical matters. And as well, they had control over nature and their behavior in general was above nature. I don't know, maybe someone can correct me if the Baal Shem Tov had a lot of wealth, but we know that David HaMelech and Moshe Rabbeinu certainly did. I'm saying physical, but we also know that the Baal Shem Tov very much lived in a way that was above nature. So the way of Moshe Rabbeinu in the desert was complete miracles. It was a, in a way of total miracles. Uh, we're going we're gonna to come back to that, but just to make it clear right now, and if it's a rough repetitive, you'll forgive me. When the Jews are in the desert, they're eating um, man, they're eating bread that comes to their hands with no work. Their clothes are growing with them. They have a cloud of glory leading them in front and behind. It's a total, completely miraculous existence, not to mention the splitting of the Red Sea that they start with. So everything in, in Moshe's leadership is surrounded by total miracles. And for David HaMelech, there's continuous miracles and wonders that never end as we see in all of the prayers and the thanks that he gives in sacred to Hillam. Um, which, I mean, his, as we, my husband's name is Shaul and he was reading the to Hillam on Shabbos. He says, why is Shaul always trying to kill David? <laughs> so I don't know that's your name, 
but you know, his life was difficult, but there's constant miracles happening and happening throughout his entire kingship. Then Hagas Habal Shemto, Halo Paita Melo Benisim Veniflos, as well as the way of the Bal Shemtov was filled with wonders and miracles. As related through the many, many stories of the Bal Shemtov, the Talmidav and his students. So much so that it's an expression in our regular language that when something like something miraculous or something um, wondrous happens, we call it a balshemtavik misa, balshemtavik action stories. So these three individuals. Um, each one was a king and gave that influence to the Jewish people in their own unique way. So again, we right now we're talking about the commonality between the three of them. We're going to delve a little bit deeper into the distinction. But the, the starting point is that they had this commonality of kingship and royalty and led in a way that was miraculous and beyond nature. So before we're going to delve into the distinction between Moshe, David, and the Baal Shem Tov and what they uniquely influenced on the Jewish people, first we're going to back up. First, initially, we need to just um, explain the three aspects of revelation that happened at the time of the giving of the Torah. Aleph Etzem, the essential revelation, Hiskalus Delukus Bimatan Torah, Birad Hashem Al Harsinai, Shaita Lamala Legamre Mehateva, Vahaolam, Vizehaya Rak with Bishar. First, we have um, the essential revelation of Hashem at the time of the giving of the Torah. Hashem came down onto Mount Sinai. And this was a complete and total um, overhaul of nature and of the world in general. And this happened just once. This was a unique event that happened just one time and a complete and total enormous revelation. So next, phase two, is the result and the, and the action of what actually happened to the world as an effect of this one-time enormous revelation. Like even after the moment when um, the Torah was given, Throughout the continuing years, the Yovel, so even when um, there was less of a revelation of the godliness, it, it no longer existed the revelation of the giving of the Torah. Nonetheless, it had an impact that changed the world and it changed nature so that we would be able to reveal godliness more easily and more readily in the world. It's spoken about in many sikhas, the giving of the Torah changed the, um, it changed the nature of the world. Before the giving of the Torah, the physical world was not infused with spirituality and holiness the way it was after. And Gimel, the third phase, so phase one is this enormous Revelation. Phase two is the world has now changed that it's easier to reveal godliness. And phase three, Gimel. The purpose of Natan Torah was to be a connection from the from the above to below, from the celestial worlds to the physical world. 
ובלשון התניא, לעשות את העולם הזה, התחתון, שאין תחתון למטה ממנו, לדירה לא יספרך. To make this low world where there's nothing lower than this world into a dwelling for Hashem. I'm sure many people learned much about this and spoken about much of this, uh, the concept of a dira lo yisparach, a dwelling for Hashem in this lowest world. Kolomar shagam behelam ha'olam, b'makom shabo e'n niret b'nikeres elokos chas v'shalam. So even in this dark, difficult place where it's where you don't see and you don't recognize godliness, God forbid, chashach kapul v'mechupal, a doubled over darkness, shahu malak klipos v'sitra achra, which is filled with Distract with with impurities and distractions, the opposite of holiness. Shehem neged Hashem mamish lomar aniv asviv od, and as if they say, as if it's against Hashem, and it's as if like you feel like you're completely independent. Nonetheless, in this very very difficult place, you can bring down and draw out. Um, the Jewish people are able to do this, to bring down and to draw out a revelation of Hashem, the revelation of Hashem of, that came about from Matan Torah. I, um, I was actually just at a learning retreat last week and Rifki was there and uh, she made a comment, which I just thought was funny and it reminded me of this when I read it. Um, someone asked her like, what are something about like, what are we like in this generation? She's like, in our generation, we're like fish swimming around in a fish tank philosophizing about whether or not water exists. Like we just, it's so obvious and it's so there and it's so present, but we're still like wondering, does water exist? So that's how deep the darkness is, that even the that even when we're swimming around in the water in the fish tank, we don't even feel it, we don't even see it. But back to the Sikha, what it's saying is that even in this doubled over darkness, because of the influence and the impact of Matan Torah, we're able to bring out godliness even in that very, very dark place. So just to just go back, just really in, in one sentence, we have three phases. One is the essential revelation. Two is that it's, the world is now um, a vessel for godliness. The world is now capable of revealing godliness. And three, that even in a very difficult, deep, disconnected time, because of the giving of the Torah, we're able to bring out godliness. Shlosha, um, so so these three concepts are related to three different times of, that the Jewish people have been through. The first one is the time of living in the desert, of traveling in the desert. The second is the time that we lived in the land of Israel during the time of the Beit HaMikdash. And the third is now is our time, the time of exile. Etzel b'nei Yisrael b'dor ha-midbar, asher kablu asatora b'hiyosam nishamos b'gufim, nishar b'guli ma'ayin hizgalosh al-matan Torah gam l'achareza. So when the Jewish people were living in the midbar, in the desert, when they received the Torah as souls within bodies, there remained a revelation of matan Torah even after that, a kind of revelation. They, they lived in this miraculous state. When they lived in the in the desert, they were completely um, separated, distinct from and from having to worry about any worldly matters. And they lived in a way that was 
above nature in a miraculous state where they didn't have to engage with any like physical issues. Um, they were above that the whole time that they were in the desert. So they were able to completely and, and totally dedicate themselves to, um, to Torah and to holiness. As the rabbis say, the Torah was given only to people who ate man, meaning this um, bread that was completely heavenly and, and came with no, didn't, didn't require any physical labor. Um, and the time of the desert was, was a time of complete miraculousness, which is gonna connect to our phase one, the etzem, the total like strong revelation of godliness at the time of giving of the Torah. Now, phase two, which was that the world has now become a place where it's easier to reveal godliness. So when they came to Israel, they came to a settled land. And it was a natural place where they're going to have to plow the field and, and plant. Nonetheless, even though it was a natural place, the Hashkacha ha'elyona, the, the, the providence from Hashem was revealed, was more clear and more obvious. As the Pasuk says, this is the land that Hashem has given to you, where the eye of Hashem is constantly there from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. I just want to just, if you don't mind, indulge me like a teeny anecdote. I remember somebody once explaining how you're walking down the street in spot and you see someone you know and you say, ah, oh, I, I, or you see someone you're talking about. I was just talking about you. And this is in a time of gullis, but you still have that feeling where you're walking down the street in New York and you see someone you know that you were just talking about and you say, oh, hi. <laughs> There's a certain revelation, uh, a certain feeling of, of godliness. And now and. And obviously, this doesn't even compare whatsoever to what it was like in the time of David Amel from the time of the base of Mikdash. But I think we can maybe use our imagination just based on those types of ideas to understand that even though they were living in, the, in a world of nature where they had to plow the fields, there was a, a real feeling of, of Hashem's providence in the land. Um, even with regard to working the land, Zara, the Katsir, Lo, so that they had to plant and plow, etc. It was in a way uh, that the, the waters of the sky from the heavens will come down. Um, and you could see in a revealed and obvious way that it was Hashem that was um, giving livelihood and feeding everybody. The Mamela. Yadua, the Bureau, she's Askus, the Kol Asher Tase, Ena Ella Asias, Kli Kabbalah, Avor Inyan, the Birah, the Birkeha Hashem, the Kaha Haba, Milamila. And it was clear and obvious that all that you do is nothing more than just making a vessel for Hashem to fill. And, the, and as the Pasuk says, and Hashem gave the Bracha, it came from above. So it was a little bit less than the midbar. You still had to work the field. You weren't getting the man from Shemayim, but it was extremely obvious that all that you were doing was, was um, being fulfilled by Hashem. Now comes phase three, which is our, our time. Aval um, bizman ha in the dark, difficult exile. 
ototeno lo re'inu v'gomer, where we don't see Hashem at all. To the point where a Jew could, God forbid, come to the point. As if he is like completely subject to the ways of nature, like a regular non-Jewish person. And that's why we need to we need to work really hard to destroy the, con- I don't know, destroy is the right word, but the concealment and to reveal Hashem in this world. That we need to break through the barriers to see Hashem. Um, so it's not just that we need to work, and we need to struggle, but we, we, we also, we need to break, we need to really push ourselves to see the godliness in the world. See, Ches. Um, so even though in the world, in the physical world, Matan Torah would just happen once. However, within um, however, within the, the Jewish nation, it was transformational. It, it was established forever. It's a transformational moment that has its impact um, forever upon the Jewish people. In what capacity? That it made us all into royalty. It made all us all into mamlachas kohanim, to like the royalty of the priest. Shakol echad bim Israel, the kol matab, shabo yimatze. That each and every single one of us, each individual Jew, in every situation that they're in, they can find deep within their soul that they are above the boundaries of this world that surround them, and they are not subject to the laws of nature. Aniskar Laayel, as mentioned above, so as mentioned above, this, as we're going to continue um, to learn and to discuss, is the difference between the impact and the, and the kingship of, the, of Moshe, David, and the Baal Shem Tov upon the Jewish people. And now... We're going to talk about the distinction that comes from each one of those leaders. Moshe Rabbeinu, Sha'alyado Netina Satora. So we're going to start with Moshe Rabbeinu. Through him, we were given the Torah. Ba'ad Nikra al Shmo. So much so that the Torah is sometimes called with his name. Ha'al Bahashbia al Bnei Dobro, Shekibluat Torah, Nishamas Begufim Kanal. And he had an impact on his generation which the generation that physically received the Torah as souls with embodies, that they themselves were, were in the most physical, straightforward, tangible way, it was revealed within them that they were kings, each and every single individual. How was this revealed to them? How was this obvious and clear? Everything they needed came from above, without any work or effort or hardship. As I think I said a few times, the man and the clothing, et cetera. 
Each individual had tremendous wealth in abundance. The Seder Hachayim Shalahem Nahel Nisi Kanal. And their entire life was, was miraculous, as explained above. Every incident, every moment was a miraculous moment. So they, in the most practical, stand, like straightforward way, lived like kings. Ach, the Kenisasam Eretz Israel. However, it changed a little bit when they came into the land of Israel, Eretz Noshevet, a land that was settled. Nifsakaman, Lechem in Hashemayim. The man stopped the bread from the heavens. And they had to now get engaged and busy themselves with regular mundane work. As it's as the Pasuk says, Kitavo El When you come to the land for six years, you will plow your fields, you will plant your fields. Nonetheless, they did have to plant the fields, but it was such an obvious connection to Hashem. It was clear to everyone that the, the growth and the produce and that which came from it came from Hashem, came through the bracha from Shemayim. Nonetheless, one could still think it was their own work. When a person um, works hard and they do it through the ways of nature um, and the blessing of Hashem comes, there's still room for the person to think that it was because of everything that I did, um, that that's why I got the livelihood. And, and there's still a space that a person can get confused and get distracted and get um, pushed, uh, get uh, distanced from Torah and mitzvahs. So, but, so this is what was unique about David HaMelech. That not only in the desert where everything was being provided and their whole lifestyle was miraculous, but even in a settled land, a Jew could bring himself to this level of a total revelation and he could feel the presence of Hashem in such a strong and meaningful way, the point of feeling the Mamalachas Kohanim, the royalty. Hilomar, Hakara, the point that the person can, can see that their livelihood comes only from Hashem. And as well in abundance. And they can even begin to think and to recognize that it, it's miraculous that even though the wheat is sprouting because I plowed the field, etc., um, nonetheless, it's it's a miraculous occurrence. And it's all because of Hashem. He's Asuko Bateva, he Raklafi Shakahu Ratzon Habora, Shiahadavar Open Shall the Kol Asher Tasa. And it's only because it's the will of Hashem. And um all that that Hashem is involved in all in all ways, in all that you do. 
So David Hamel's impact or his Nicias had to um, be in, a, in maybe in a little bit of a, a stronger way, perhaps, I don't know if stronger is the right word, that unlike the time of the desert, where it's clear and obvious to everyone, in the time of living in Eretz Yisrael, it wasn't as clear, but through the Nicias of David HaMelech, it brought that recognition to people's lives. The Mamela Muvan, Shabashasha Umdim, Lefanav, Inyanim Shal Torah Mitzvahs, Harehu Mekaimim, Blishum, Bilbulim, Kehanakaso, Shel Melah, Inaskarla Isle, Seif Gimel. And what does this accomplish? This recognition that all of my needs really come from Hashem, that in the time when I need to keep Torah and Mitzvahs, I will do it without any distraction, without any difficulties, without any complications, like a king. This is what I need to do, and I'll go straight to take care of my, my needs and to take care of Torah mitzvahs, as mentioned above in Sa'if Gimel. Tess, now we're going to talk about our, our times. Behina l'achorei she'etchil chosha chagalas, u'befrat bizman she'chosha chagalas, nisgaver v'nasa amok yoter. However, when the darkness starts to get really thick, and the exile is really bad, especially in a time where the darkness of exile um, is so strong, and it's so deep. So in such hard times, it needs a greater strength. Um, and Mitzat, from because of the times, the Jewish people are shakuim. They're, they're, they're stressed. It's, it's, it's a difficult time, not just because of the hard work, um, but also the difficulties in making parnasa um, and the annoyances, the, the complications. So they need a stronger, a new and a stronger and a greater strength in order to arouse with them within them, the revelation and the feeling of being a king. Sorry if my translation was a little bit choppy. The idea is that when it's so difficult, we need more, we need, we, we need more strength to tap into to recognize Hashem. A person at these difficult, challenging times might think, a person might think that just keeping Torah and mitzvahs um, is more than enough. Because they're like in a difficult battle and a difficult war and just trying to um, to do to do the basics, just trying to keep Torah mitzvahs is hard enough. And if a person will actually do a little bit more, and they'll add to the mitzvah, and they'll act, and they'll do, and they'll add to their learning of Torah, they 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 might feel like they've done even more than enough. However, so not just fulfilling my basic obligations, 
and maybe even a little bit above my basic obligations, but how in such a difficult time can a person feel like a king? Like they're coming to, like they're approaching the mitzvahs like royalty. As if all the worldly matters, the distractions, the complications, the difficulties, they don't even exist. So this now comes the Baal Shem Tov, and he says that even in this deep, deep gullus, in this deep exile, a Jewish person can still rise above all his surroundings and feel as if they are a king. That Hashem himself with his divine providence in all ways is with him every single day, detail upon detail. And this impact, this influence, to bring out royalty in these really, really difficult, challenging times. Um, for the Jewish people in, in exile. It needs to be, there needs to be a distinction, a chiddush, in the concept of royalty. It, it's something more powerful and more unique from the two previous phases. The phase one in the desert, where all of my needs are met miraculously at all times. Phase two, living in, in Israel, where my needs are met. I do have to work, but it's clear and obvious that Hashem is present. And now we need a, even a more stronger way. So this, as I just said outside, this concept that a Jew can rise above the nature beyond when he's in the desert, when he's distinct from the world, or beyond when he's living in a time where it's very obvious that Hashem is engaged in our lives, in Eretz Yisrael. When you don't see any lack or in the strength of the kingship, in those two situations, the, the desert and Eretz Yisrael, he's not so enslaved to the boundaries of this world. The daf gabehil, the halcho b'derach hanhagazu b'zman hagalas, arei hadavar me'id al yechoto la'los v'lelechet. But however, in the times of gallus, um, oh, in, the, in these times, sorry, um, that, when a person acts in this way, in the way that we've been discussing, in the way of kinship, kingship and royalty, bisman hagalus in the time of gallus, uh, it, it gives the person the strength and the ability to rise and to go. As we know, the expression, the chatkila reber. When you come to a challenge, the expression of the Rebbe Maharash, you just rise above, you go above the challenge. Not necessarily step by step with an organized plan of how am I going to deal with this, but just boom, just go above, above the challenge. Without any boundaries, without any um, um, any any hold any uh, calculations and holding back. 
from way above the, from within the darkness of the exile to um, a place that is above, to a place of royalty. You know, this famous story with the Friedrich Rebbe when there was a decree against the against Jewish education, and he walks right into the parliament building in Russia as just without being stopped, walks right in like a king, and he um, takes the stamp that is on the desk of the of the education minister, and he stamps the paper that the decree has been declined, and he puts it in the next pile, and he walks right out. Um, every people know I, I'm not a I didn't prepare the story to share, but it just. Um, coming to mind, like just in within such difficult, terrible times, just coming in like a king, so to speak, walking right in and just completely miraculous that such a thing should happen. So where does that strength come from within the darkness? Uh, so we cannot say simply that the uh, uniqueness of Moshe, that Baal Shem Tov and David was only for the specific generation that they existed within. So it's not necessarily Moshe was for the earlier times, David was for the later times, and the Baal Shem Tov is for our times. Or Rak Kuvas HaKolish Shechayu Behem, Moshe Bedor Midbar, David Bayos Yisrael Be'eretz Yisrael, Baal Shem Tov Bayos Yisrael Bezman HaGolis. You cannot say that each leader is limited to his generation. Because each leader is still present, is still eternal. Their, their influence is still continuing. And each person's impact has a connection to each Jew within every generation. As we see that every single person in all generations call him Moshe, our teacher, Moshe Rabbeinu. Al David Hamelach Omer Kol Adam Yisrael David Melach Hai Bekayam, as and the same with David Hamelach King David. We all say Melach Yisrael Chai Bekayam. He's the King of Israel that is alive and well. Even today we say that Gamata. The Kevan Shabias Hamashiach Talui Bazeh Shefutu My Nechashal Bal Shem Tov and so too with the coming of Mashiach, who's dependent on that the teachings of the Bal Shem Tov will be spread out worldly. So we have this ongoing connection to all three at all times. Move on to Indian Nogay, the Kol Adam Yisrael, the Kol Adara. So it's clear that this is connected to all Jewish people in all generations. Ela Kashem Shachidish, the Kol Echad Mehem, Ludgash, open Klali, the Echad Mishlosh Tufos Klalis. So since we know that the unique Kiddish, um, the unique, the novel capacity of each one of them is connected to each one of us at all three, all three concepts. So it can be split within each generation to three types of people. And don't worry, it can be split internally within ourselves to three aspects of myself. So there's three general groups of people, but then each of these three exists in, individually within each one of us. So serving Hashem in general is split into three categories. Torah, avoda, v'gemulas chasadim. Torah, prayer, and good deeds. Maisa ha-mitzvos. Good deeds, gemulas chasadim, in general, is a reference to mitzvahs. 
all the mitzvahs. And always you should know him and all your actions should be for the sake of heaven. So these three things of Torah, Avoda, and learning, davening, and mitzvahs can be connected to the desert, Eretzisrael, and the time of Gullus. What is the Torah? The Torah is a revelation of Hashem's wisdom. The Inyan Limud HaTorah, who Biderach Milamala Lamata. And how does that happen? Generally, learning Torah is from above to below. We're taking this divine, godly wisdom, this inspiration from above, and we're, we're learning it, we're understanding it, and we're revealing it down here below. And therefore, through learning Torah, the person is elevated above the world. Just like the Jews in the desert. So in that sense, through learning Torah, a person is like a king. They're elevated above the world. As the rabbis say, our teachers are like kings, like one who has control over nature. Um, as the rabbis explain on the Pasuk El Gomer Alai. So phase two, or, or the second aspect of the tefillah. So what is prayer? We're asking for our needs, the needs of the prayer, shel hamitpalo. He's asking um, that Hashem should fulfill his needs in the way of, of when the Jews lived in Eretz Yisrael. Like, I have a need. I'm going to go to Hashem for that need. I don't need to go anywhere else for that need. I go to Hashem for that need. So it's a recognition that my need comes from Hashem. But nonetheless, I do have a need. I am lacking. It's what I am lacking. And I'm going to dive in and I'm going to ask that my need, my lacking is filled. Which is why I think it's it's a good idea to think about like when we dive in, that we dive in for our physical and our practical needs. You don't, obviously, I think many, we all know, but just to say it out loud, we don't only daven for spiritual things, we daven for a new car if you need a new car, because everything is from Hashem. Nonetheless, davening, we're still davening about physical things, and, and it's we're connected to the physical world. Um, as it says in the Pasuk, that in the lands of Israel, each man sat under his grape tree and under his fig tree, meaning each person's needs were being met, below Bain Umos Ha'olam. Um, and not amongst the other nations, each person had um, dominion over his little plot of land. But my connection to the world to the, was not, um, it was that I need to ask Hashem to fill my needs. The Maiseha Mitzvos. So now, so that was phase two prayer. Now, phase three, the Milut Chasadim, or the doing of mitzvahs. 
They're done through physical things. And basically what we're being tasked to do is to elevate things that we're allowed to engage with. Not necessarily things we must engage with per, per se, but things we're allowed to. And the, the purpose, the service of man, kind of humankind, is to purify and to transform the world and the darkness, the physical aspects of the world, that they should reveal a holiness. Like a time of Gullus when we're living amongst the nations. So in phase two, in the time of Spila, they're not living amongst the nations. Each man has his own plot of land in Israel, and I'm still asking some for my physical needs. But here in the time of Gullus, we're amongst the nations and we need to reveal the godliness from within the physical. Just a quick look at um, footnote 56. Um, this is the difference also between Torah and tefillah and mitzvahs. Um, I'm just going to skip to the end of it. The Torah is... He biwer milamala lamata. The Torah is an is a uh, it comes from above to below. The derech menucha v'shalom in a way of peace and a way of like ease. Tefillah he milamata lamaila. Prayer is from above to below. V'chen he v'derech milchama in a way of war. I'm I'm struggling. Abal mikevan shvi aliyadegili or he cherev shalshalom. But because it's a, a time of revelation of light, it's a, a sword of peace. So it is a war. It is a struggle. I am asking for my needs. And if we're going to go to the times of Israel, I'm asking for water to come down to plant my fields. But it's a cherev shalolam. It's a sword of peace. Avoda im dvarim gashmiim kulo kibederech milchama mamish. But the voda, the service with physical objects, is is true war. Nahama ufum doing doing mitzvahs for the world. It's a it's a true true difficult war against distractions and and complications. Yud Aleph, v'zehu inyan hamalchu shemoshe David v'avalshemto mashbim lekol echad mibnei Yisrael bekol dor v'hakdor. So this is the concept of the different types of influence that Moshe and David and the Baal Shem Tov had for each and every generation. Moshe, Moshe, who is the Midbar, the desert, miraculous, and he's Torah. Jen, you know, Torah. Ho'el the Magala es etzem inyan mamlachos kohanim, the Bnei Israel. He was, he represents Torah, and he's the one that brought out the essence of the royalty mamlachos kohanim within the Jewish people. Zehu hasug demaimri Torah, hamefforshim min haolam v'torasam emunasam, and these are the types of people, or the people, or and again, it could be like the part of me that's separated from the world. The Torah is their craft. Aleim ma'an malech rabbanim, as they are like the kings, the rab, um, they are like kings, people that are engrossed in Torah on a regular basis. And this also connects not just to one group of people, but every single person. When a person makes set times to study Torah, that he's able to um, go above himself completely. 
that during those times of studying Torah, the person can rise above their worries and their you know, issues, their worldly issues, and be engaged in Torah entirely to the point that um, Torah is his craft. Um, I just say, like, if you ever in yeshiva for a period of time, or I was just fortunate to be at Beis Hana for a couple of days, and you're just engaged in Torah the whole time, and you're just not worried about anything, and everything makes perfect sense, and it's just, you know, a Torah atmosphere. Um, in stage three, you said there's strength to jump over. Where does that strength come from? It comes from the Baal Shem Tov, but let's continue, and, and maybe you'll share a thought with us um, as we go on. It comes from the Nasi. The Nasi is the one that, that gives us that strength. David, so phase two. And you know Tefillah, which is Tefillah. And the book of Tehillim is written by him. This comes from the, the uh, royalty within him. Because this, this is also in the way of royalty. Because when the person asks for his for his needs, those needs are met immediately. So I, I was a little bit, um, I had a little bit of question on this. I spoke to my husband about it. I'm sure that other people might have some ideas, but the prayer of David Hamel is distinct from regular prayers. We're going to see in the next paragraph, because his prayer is in a way that everything he asks for is filled. Um, in the brackets, lo kitfila al ragil, not like ordinary prayer, shebahayoto bakashahava mitzad hamata, where the request comes from down here. Efshar shiyu minyus, ikuvim, there could be um, motivations or delays, bahabakasha lo tizmala, and the request will not be filled. Or al kopanem shavor meshachzman ajit limila, or maybe like a period of time will pass until it's filled. Until it's fulfilled and completed in, in its full way. So my husband said it, that he thinks the Sikha is saying, and maybe someone has a different thought, is that the prayer of David is potential, that he brought into this world a capacity that we all have, that we can reach that level of Daviding like kings, that our wishes are just immediately, or our requests, not our wishes, are immediately fulfilled. Whereas regular prayer, sometimes we get, the answer right away. Sometimes we don't. Um, and sometimes there's a delay. And sometimes we might be asking for something that isn't really like appropriate for us to be having, or we don't really need, or isn't meant for us. Whereas David brought into the world this aspect of prayer on a much higher level. Take miyad, umiyad, lishum So skipping that concept of what ordinary prayer is, the prayer of David immediately, without any um, boundaries or distractions or personal motivations, it'll be fulfilled completely, just like the request of a king. Um, and it'll be done like through Torah, as explained in the Zohar. That when the Rashbi, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, wanted to bring rains, uh, he said words of Torah, he said, and right away the rains came down. 
in the way that he wanted. David um, Therefore, as we're still talking about David, it says in Tehillim, um, there, there are um, two lines. That Tehillim is two concepts. Tehillim is prayer and it's Torah. It's words of prayer that David is writing to Hashem, but it's also part of the 24 books of Tanakh. So it, it encompasses both, both things. And lastly, Habal Shem Tov Gila, and maybe this will answer the question that was posted in the chat, or hopefully, Habal Shem Tov Gila at Achduso Yisparech Olam. The Baal Shem Tov brought about this oneness of Hashem in the entire world. Asher Amitus Hamatzius Shokol Nivrahu Devar Havai. That the real, um, that the realness and the the actual existence of every single thing is the word of Hashem. So one of my favorite stories. To I mean, there's many stories, but I love this story. That the uh, the Berdichever and the Altareva are at the Grand Chasa and Jalabin of the the, the Chasa of their grandchildren, and they are on one side of a wall and they need to be on the other side of the wall, and they're called to come to the front where they need to get to the other side of the wall. So they say to each other, "Should we walk through the wall?" And as far as I know, there are two versions of the story that they did or they didn't. But either way, it seems that they could have. Why could they walk through a wall? Because a wall doesn't have an existence on its own. A wall, especially in the vantage of a tzaddik, who's seeing the world in its truest way, is nothing other than Devar Hashem, the word of Hashem. It's not a physical entity in, to a tzaddik. So they're able to reveal within the world this concept that all of our physical things, all of our all aspects in this world are, are Devar Hashem, or the word of Hashem. That keep it alive and enliven it and give it life force in each moment. And this, the Baal Shem Tov brought out in the way of Torah. By giving an explanation to a Pasuk, so not just a story, <laughs> but actually bringing out through the words of Torah. Meaning that sort of brings wraps it all around, that this, that Tehillim is wrapped up in Torah and the concept of godliness being, um, being, in being the uh, the essence of everything in the physical world is also wrapped up back wrapped back around into the concept of Torah. And this and through this, each and every Jew has the power, the ability. That even when they are um, like held back and and bothered by physical matters, and sometimes in the um, challenges of the world. And even in their own situation, where you not where you don't see Hashem's presence, and this uh, refinement has to come in a way of war. The war that has to happen sometimes, the battle, the struggle that we all have, the challenge is in a way of royalty. What does that mean to go out to war as a king? That before you even go out, you know you're going to be victorious. You go out like a king. I will, I will rise above my enemies. 
And where does this come? This victory come? This comes from above. And Hashem will give you the enemy into your hand. And through this, um, you will be victorious. And I'm sorry, I'm not translating the Pasuk properly. Who no tell the Maila Esanitsu Teloki Shayu Shaboy Bidvarim Hagashmium. And you will um elevate the godliness that is within the physical item. Shabegaluso ad asher is hapka kashuka linahira the miriro limataka until you have transformed the darkness into light and the bitterness into sweet. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you for tuning in. Very much. Thank you. Good, good food for thought for Shavuos. Plenty yeah. of things about. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Beautiful. Thanks, Amir. Amen. To you too. Thank, thank you. you. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. A good chance to everyone. Good chance. Thank you.